I'm getting a lot out of it. <laughs> if you got your Bibles, lift them up, repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's Word. It's His truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are entering my favorite time of the year. I love this time of year, not just because it's deer season. I love it because there's lots of food. That's good. But, but the holiday season, I mean, Thanksgiving and football games and, and Christmas is coming up. And it's an awesome time of year, isn't it? It's an awesome time of year that, that you, you run into people that are happier this time of year. And, and you walk into almost any store and there's Christmas music playing. And it's just a, it's a charged atmosphere. But it's so easy this time of year also to forget to be thankful. You know, we actually have a holiday this week called Thanksgiving. And it's really a time for us to sit back and thank God for all that he's done in our lives. But it's easy for us to not be thankful. It it takes work to actually be thankful. I'll read a scripture to you this morning, Luke chapter 17, 11 through 17. He, Jesus, was on the way to Jerusalem, and he was passing between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village, and there were ten leprous men. Many of you have heard this story. They stood at a distance, and they met Jesus, and they raised their voices, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, which is really cool, as they were going on their way, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at, his, at the feet of Jesus, giving thanks to him. And this man was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said to him, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? You know, it's interesting that Many times in our lives, and I just have a question for you today. How many of you have seen God do a miracle in your life? Just any kind of a miracle. Your finances, maybe you know somebody. You've seen God do something that only he could do. You know, it's a challenge for some of us in our life when we see God do that to actually thank him for it. Because a lot of times, especially in our society, we're on to the next thing. And and we forget to stop and slow down and actually tell God thank you for what he's done. And I think it's very interesting here. That Jesus said, hey, I healed 10 of you guys. Why don't only one come back? So God recognizes when we're not thankful. And I think it bothers him. I think it bothers him. Listen to me. I'm going to make a comment today, and I want you to hear this. If we're not thankful before good things happen, we probably won't be thankful after good things happen. If we're not thankful before good things happen, we're probably not going to be thankful after things happen. It's a heart deal. Listen to this. First, first Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says this. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Listen to this. I urge you, first of all, pray for everybody. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Do you notice here he's saying give thanks for people, not even necessarily people you like. He says, give thanks for them. 
you realize there are people in your life that are a pain to you? Anybody got somebody that's a pain to them? Don't point. Don't point. That's not good. That's not what I'm asking you to do. But there are people in your life that cause friction. You know, the Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron. Guess what? That's friction. Some of the people in your life that are the greatest pain to you are also the ones that are sharpening you. And and we need to give thanks for all people. Those that bother us and those that don't bother us. I want to tell you some interesting scientific facts. I found this this week as I was preparing the message. There are actual physiological, physiological and psychological benefits to being a thankful person, to being a person with an attitude of gratitude. That sounds really catchy, doesn't it? Listen to this. Fact number one. These are real life facts. I found them on the internet, so it's true. Okay? <laughs> Fact number one. People who have an attitude of gratitude and happiness live an average of 10 years longer than people who are pessimistic. Fact number two, people who are optimistic have a 77% less chance of heart disease than pessimistic people. And having an attitude of gratitude is a big part of that. Fact number three, people who are thankful also tend to have stronger immune systems. Now, these were doctors, these were PhDs and medical doctors that had done this study and found this out. So you actually have a less less of a risk of heart disease if you have a grateful and a thankful attitude. In other words, if you're a selfish person, you're going to (laughs) die. I'm a redneck, that's what I got out of that. You know, I'm like, oh, that's bad. (laughs) But it's true. If, If you are a pessimistic person, it's killing you. I mean, the the research shows People with bad attitudes, people that are ungrateful, unthankful, people have a shorter lifespan. That's amazing to me. That's actually really, really amazing to me. So having an attitude of thanksgiving in your life translates into a longer, more fulfilled life. So there's a reason that God wants us to come back and tell him thank you. So let's look at the scripture again. While he was on the road... He said to them, go, verse 14, show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. And only one of them came back. And he glorified God. And Jesus says, but where are the other nine? How many of you, um, <laughs> how many of you have ever been around kids at Christmas time? Come on, let me see your hand. Little kids especially, you know, like 22 years old and under. I mean, you know. You get around these little kids, and, and the first thing they do, when they get old enough, they count boxes to make sure, you know, everybody got the same amount. You know what I'm talking about? But, but, but anyway, you go in, and maybe there, this is just, I'm making this up, maybe there's five gifts per child, and they run in, and, and they actually tear through this gift. Have you ever noticed a child just stand there and look at that gift, that first box? And, oh, Father, thank you for thinking of me. I so wanted this puzzle, you know, and, and, oh, now I shall go on to my next gift, if that's okay with you. I mean, no, what's it like? It's chaos. There's paper going everywhere, body blows happening. I mean, you know, I mean, and it's true, but many of us as adults are the same way. You know, I bet there were a lot of times growing up as a kid that I got a lot of stuff, and I don't know that I ever really said thank you a whole lot. And how much more does God feel when we don't thank him? I mean, I'll give you a a short story. This is all made up. I don't think this really happened. 
But uh, this guy dies and goes to heaven, and, and there's an angel there. says, hey, let me give you a, let me give you a tour. And he says, all right, cool. So, so they take off, and they go, and there's a big warehouse. And, and they walk into the warehouse, and as far as you can see, there are tables. And at every table, there's an angel and a telephone, and the phones are ringing off the hook. It's crazy. And it's just going and going and going. And, and the guy looks at the angel and says, what room is this? He said, this is the prayer request room. This is where people call in their prayer request. And all the angels are answering the phones, and he goes, wow, it's just thousands of angels. And then they walk through a door, and they go to another room, same size warehouse, one table, one angel, one chair, one phone. And there's just an angel standing there looking at the phone. And the guy says, well, what room is this? He said, this is the room where people call and tell God, thank you. Because we're quick to ask and slow to recognize his thankfulness. And this week in particular, I want you to slow down and think about, don't think about all the things you don't have. Think about the things that God has blessed you with. Think about that this week. Now listen, I don't want this message to be condemnatory. Everybody say condemnatory. That's my college word for the week. I throw those in every once in a while so my parents feel like they didn't waste my college education. I don't even know if that's a word, man. <laughs> Condemnatory. I'm from Texas. We make up words. You know what I'm talking about? Strategery. You know, that's, that's how we do. So if you're here today and maybe you find yourself, and again, I don't want you to feel condemned. And you say, man, I, I have a bad attitude. I, I'm not very thankful. Kind of demanding person. How do I change that? Well, I'm going to give you three easy steps today to do that. And if you'll apply these, it'll change your life. Because God loves you. And these are easy things to do. Look at number one. Thanksgiving focuses outward. Thanksgiving, gratitude, focuses outward, not inward. It's your other blank there. Not inward. How many of you helped yesterday with distribution of food and coats and all that stuff? Did you have a good time? Does anybody have a story they want to share? Jimmy, come here. I know you didn't volunteer, but that's how I roll. So just come on up. Right over here, Jimmy. You can just step over here. Can everybody see Jimmy? Everybody say, hi, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Hello, Last week I talked about you having Superman underoos, so this week <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> Go ahead and share what happened. Well, yesterday morning when I got up, I realized it was pretty warm outside, and I knew it was going to rain. I thought, well, I'm just going to get my raincoat today. I'm not going to take my coat. And as I was putting my raincoat on, I kept thinking, maybe I need to take my coat. No, I won't. I said this two or three times, that I'm not going to take my coat. And as I was going out of the room, it was hanging on the door on the coat rack. And as I was about to close the door, I said, you know, I'm, I heard something say, take your coat. So I grabbed my coat, took the raincoat off, put it on, and went and took care of my business. I need to take care of fuel up. We came here and we got everything rounded up with the meals to take to these families. Before we left, we was only able to grab a couple of coats because there were several people ahead of us. I thought I had got the right size coat some reason I didn't. 
And when I went to this first family, we distributed everything to them. Pam kept saying, did you get the coat? Did you get the coat? So I went out to the truck to get the coat, and I had four of them there. The size I needed wasn't there. And I had taken my coat off earlier and laid on the back seat of my truck seat. I looked up from the back of my truck, seen that coat sitting there. I said, I know why I had to bring that coat today. Because I'm not leaving here until this person has this coat. So I took my coat to them. God seen this long before I did. He knew I needed to take that coat because I had planned not to take it. And I thank him for that, that I was able to do that. It was not me. It was all him. He planned this. Amen. That's awesome, Jesus. If you remember, Jesus said, if you see your neighbor needing a coat, what do you do? Give it to him, don't you? Pretty cool. Anybody else? Come on up here. Barbie's making you. She's a scary person. I understand. I mean, she's sweet, sweet, sweet. She's a bully. <laughs> I like, get away from me. How do you stand up here? That's how I keep my tan. Don't argue. Just keep going. <laughs> so um, yesterday between basketball practice and, well, you guys know I'm just busy. So we came and I got to help Barbie get started and we unloaded. Then we came back and we got our families and we get the stuff, and it was pretty cool because as soon as we get to the car, I'm showing Aaron the families that we got, and he knew all of them, which is kind of crazy that we would know all of them, but when we got inside, we had the same situation. There weren't enough coats, and so I'm going through the list, and there's a family with two little boys, single mom, and that speaks to me. I was a single mom with two little boys for a long time, and um, we didn't have any coats for them at all that would fit them. So when I got to the car, I told Aaron, I said, you got to go home. I have two coats in the closet for these little boys. So we went home and got the coats for them, and of course, and delivered. And we get to the house where these, this family lives, and it's, you can't imagine the conditions that were outside of this home. Before we even got to the front door, the, the stuff that's piled up, and the, you can see holes actually in the bottom, not the underpinning of the trailer but the bottom of the trailer where you can see into the bottom of the home where the plumbing for this family is so we get up and we and I'm trying not to cry like I am right now and we take the stuff in and she invites us in like we're her family she's like just come on in just bring it in so we're carrying the stuff in and we're taking the coats and I'm trying to hurry back out the door before I start bawling and the sweetest little boy comes to the door Thank you so much. And he's, I mean, he's not even that big. Thank you so much. That was the best part of my day. But what makes it even better is at Holodazzle. I know we're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> but at Holodazzle, um, Barbie gave me the opportunity to do something to pay it forward to another family. And when I left that night, I thought I knew what I was doing. I'd asked to join a group for young mothers with new infants. Actually, just that night before we had came, I'd asked to join. And then when I got my gift um, from Barbie and Emily was when they returned their message to me telling me what I could do for the group. And so I just left here knowing. But 
I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to buy Christmas for this mother because I saved their paper yesterday. And they don't know it yet, but they're going to get Christmas from our family. Amen. That's awesome. <laughs> so if you don't have an attitude of thankfulness in your life, serve. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, sometimes in life we feel like we don't have much or we're, I wish I had this or I wish I had that. And then when you go see a family like that, it will help you be grateful and thankful for what you have. So you serve and you be his hands and feet. That's number one. Let's look at number two. Thanksgiving rejoices in what you already have. Thanksgiving rejoices in what you already have, not what you don't have. It rejoices in what you've got already. Listen to this. You may assume that people with most stuff, material possessions, have more to be grateful for. However, research shows otherwise. Edward Diener, a psychology professor at the University of Illinois, did a study. And he found that a high percentage of affluent people in Japan reported low levels of satisfaction. And their low levels of satisfaction actually matched the homeless people in India. So you had a very rich society that their levels of satisfaction in their life were no different than people that were living in the streets in India. So just because you have things doesn't mean you're going to be happy and satisfied. You've got to find joy where you are. And one of the keys, listen to me, this is a big thought today. One of the keys to happiness in life is learning to be content and thankful for what God has already given you. Because, see, we get fooled thinking, if I just had this, then I'd be happy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The engine in this car is a 350. If I had a 351, I'd be happy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what we do. We, we think if I just had a little more. If I just had this, I just had that, then I could be happy. And then you achieve that, and you're not happy. And then you achieve, and it's never enough. Listen to me. This, this is big. This is a Chris Clemism. We can focus so much on the next goal, the next prize or achievement, the next business deal, the next possession, the next relationship, that we miss out on what God has given us today. You can be so focused on what you don't have that you don't enjoy the life that God has given you right now. You wish your life away. You wish it away. Number three, Thanksgiving celebrates the past, but it looks to the future with hope. Thanksgiving celebrates the past, but it looks to the future with hope. Philippians 4, 17 through 19 says this, this is Paul talking to the church at Philippi. He, he's talking to him. He says, look, I don't, I don't say these things because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me from Epaphroditus, with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And listen to this next verse. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which he's been given to us in Christ Jesus. 
And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. God will meet all your needs. Now notice here, this is important. It doesn't say all your wants. It doesn't say all your wants. It says all your needs. And I'm going to tell you, this is, this is my theory, why God doesn't give us all of our wants. Sometimes he'll give you things you want. But sometimes he doesn't give you what you want. How many of y'all ever seen that, that show called Christmas Story? You know what I'm talking about? Where the kid wants a Daisy Red Rider BB gun? Why does he not? Why does not, Everybody tells him he can't have it because why? You'll, sh- you'll shoot your eye out. That's right. I have a different way of saying that. The reason that God doesn't always want to give you all your wants because you are like a monkey with a machine gun. Sooner or later, you're going to get hurt or you're going to hurt somebody else. Right? Because sometimes the things that we want are not necessarily good for us. But the Bible tells us that as his children, he will supply all of our needs. Amen? That's pretty awesome. So we have to learn to be content and look to the future for what God has for us. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things, all things, to work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. No matter what happens to you in life, God can take that and he will work it towards your good, regardless of what it is. You may be in a situation right now that is horrible and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. It is terrible. And if you told me, I'd go, man, that's terrible. But I want you to know this promise that if you are God's child, he promises in his word that he will take that situation and he will turn it for your good. That's a promise. I want to tell you that promise by itself is enough good of a reason to be a Christian as far as I'm concerned. But what an amazing promise that he gives us. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says this. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have never entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those that love him. One of these days, this is going to be over with. And we're going to be in heaven. And I don't talk about heaven a whole lot. I don't think about heaven a whole lot. That's just me. But I know it's true, and I know one of these days we're going to be there. And I want you to imagine perfect place. I want you to imagine, Crystal, sensing some of what you did yesterday, the love of God that you felt yesterday, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Imagine being in God's presence where it's like that all the time. The overwhelming presence of God. And not just that, the fact that he loves you. That's amazing to think about. That one of these days, that's what we're going to be able to experience. And the scripture tells us here that we can't even imagine how amazing that's going to be. That's pretty awesome. So this week, listen to me. This week, I want you to be thankful. I want you to be thankful this week. And I want you to take some time this week to real, and I mean really do this. I want you to sit down and I want you to write out or type out or whatever it is you do, a list of things that you're thankful for. You're going to be surprised how big that list is. Write it out. And here's the other thing that I want you to do. When you think about some people on that list in particular, I want you to contact them and tell them that you're thankful for them. You know, I look around this room. There's a couple hundred people in here, whatever. There are people in here that I am so thankful for what you mean in my life. But if I think that and I never tell you that, you'll never know it. It doesn't mean anything. 
We have to tell each other. I have to tell Tom, Tom, I appreciate you. I am thankful for you. You know, I'm thankful for Lauren. I'm thankful for, for so many of you in this room that means so much to me. But if I don't tell you that, how are you ever going to know it? And you need to do that this week. There's people that you need to thank them for what they mean in your life. While you have time. And then the other thing you need to do is you need to thank God for your salvation. You need to thank him that he chose you. Dave, he chose you on purpose. Not on your best day, on your worst day. Tim, on your worst day. And I know you had some bad days, Tim, so I mean, I was saying something. <laughs> I'll counsel with you later this week. It'll be all right. But here's, here's some things you can be thankful for. This week, you're going to be around some family. Maybe some family you're not around much. You need to be thankful for the nutty family that you have, all right? Just right now. And when you walk into that living room and all those old men are sitting in there and they've all unbuttoned their top button on their britches because they ate too much. I remember that growing up. I don't know why that memory sticks to me. But you need to be thankful for your family. You need to be thankful for fried turkey. Somebody say amen right now. That's a good spot. For football. Amen. And the hogs won yesterday. And Tim informed me that the Hogs may be playing Texas in Memphis. How exciting would that be? <laughs> and most of all, most of all, be thankful that God loves you. You know, Tom, that guy that you met with, that's so thankful just to be on the streets instead of being in prison. Think about where you could be right now. Some of you need to remember where you were and what he's done for you in your life. Some of you, he's pulled out of horrible situations. And look at where you are. Some of you are having a life now that you never could have imagined to be as good as it is. And it's not even over with yet. Be thankful for that. Amen? Let's all stand this morning. I want you to grab your neighbor's hand. If they've got cooties, we got Germex. It's all good. <laughs> You glad you came to church this morning? God loves you. Father, I thank you for this time that we're here today as a, as a family. Our church family, our Memphis church family, Lord, we're all together. Your kids, all in one house. Father, I just thank you today for your presence today. Lord, I thank you for lives that have been touched today. I just pray, Father, that you would help us to be thankful. Lord, help us to not be like the leper that, that went away and got healed and never came back and thanked you. Lord, help us to change this week and be grateful for what you have given us. Lord, we thank you so much that you, you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to take our place. Thank you. That's an amazing gift. Lord, thank you for the plan that you have for each person and the life that you've given them, Lord, that, that you've got an amazing plan. Lord, thank you for that. Father, thank you for giving us the ability to love people and be your hands and feet to our community and to the world. Thank you. Father, I pray this, this Thanksgiving would be more special to us than maybe any we've had in the past and that this year we would truly be thankful for what you've given us. Father, as we leave this place today, Help us to see people the way you see them and to love people the way you love them. 
In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Well, here's what I want you to do. If, if, you stay, if, you, if you're staying for the emergency preparedness meeting, just come on down and, and have a seat down here in the front. Make sure you love on our Memphis family as they leave. God bless you as you go. Now, before you leave, you need to tell one person you're thankful for them. And mean.